Chapter Four of Aunt Jane's Nieces on the Ranch by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Four, Little Jane's Two Nurses. Louise had been considerably puzzled to account for the presence of the strange girl in Uncle John's party. At first, she did not know whether to receive Mildred Travers as an equal or a dependent. Not until the three nieces were seated together in Louise's own room, exchanging girlish confidences, was Mildred's status clearly defined to the young mother. "'You see,' explained Patsy, "'Uncle John was dreadfully worried over the baby. "'When you wrote of that terrible time the dear little one had with the colic, "'and how you were dependent on a Mexican girl "'who fed the innocent lamb some horrid hot stuff,' uncle declared it was a shame to imperil such a precious life and that you must have a thoroughly competent nurse but said louise quite bewildered i'm afraid you don't understand that and so broke in beth i told him i knew of a perfect jewel of a trained nurse who knows as much as most doctors and could guard the baby from a thousand dangers I'd watched her care for one of our poor girls who was knocked down by an automobile and badly injured, and Mildred was so skilful and sympathetic that she quite won my heart. I wasn't sure at first she'd come way out to California to stay, but when I broached the subject she cried out, Thank heaven, in such a heartfelt, joyous tone that I was greatly relieved. So we brought her along and... Really, Beth, I don't need her protested louise the mexicans are considered the best nurses in the world and inez is perfectly devoted to baby and worships her most sinfully i got her from a woman who formerly employed her as a nurse and she gave inez a splendid recommendation both arthur and i believe she saved baby's life by her prompt action when the colic caught her but the hot stuff cried patsy it might have ruined baby's stomach for life asserted beth no it's a simple mexican remedy that is very efficient perhaps in my anxiety i wrote more forcibly than the occasion justified admitted louise but i have every confidence in inez the girls were really dismayed and frankly displayed their chagrin louise laughed at them never mind she said it's just one of dear uncle john's blunders in trying to be good to me So let's endeavor to wiggle out of the hole as gracefully as possible. I Don't see how you'll do it confessed Patsy Here's Mildred permanently engaged and all expenses paid She is really a superior person as you'll presently discover added Beth I've never dared question her as to her family history but I venture to say she is well born and with just as good antecedents as we have perhaps better She is very quiet and undemonstrative said Patsy musingly Naturally being a trained nurse. I liked her face said Louise, but her eyes puzzle me They are her one unfortunate feature Beth agreed They're cold said Patsy. That's the trouble you never get into her eyes somehow they repel you i never look at them said beth her mouth is sweet and sensitive and her facial expression pleasant she moves as gracefully and silently as 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 a cat 
suggested Patsy. And she is acquainted with all the modern methods of nursing, although she's done a lot of hospital work, too. Well, said Louise reflectively, I'll talk it over with Arthur and see what we can do. Perhaps baby needs two nurses. We can't discharge Inez, for Toodlums is even more contented with her than with me. But I admit it will be a satisfaction to have so thoroughly competent a nurse as Miss Travers at hand in case of emergency. And, above all else, I don't want to hurt dear Uncle John's feelings. She did talk it over with Arthur an hour later, and her boy husband declared he had sized up the situation the moment he laid eyes on Mildred at the depot. They owed a lot to Uncle John, he added, and the most graceful thing they could do under the circumstances was to install Miss Travers as head nurse and retain Inez as her assistant. The chances are, said Arthur, laughingly, that the Mexican girl will have most of the care of Toodlums as she does now, while the superior will remain content to advise Inez and keep a general supervision over the nursery. So fix it up that way, Louise, and everybody will be happy. Uncle John was thanked so heartily for his thoughtfulness by the young couple that his kindly face glowed with satisfaction. And then Louise began the task of reconciling the two nurses to the proposed arrangement and defining the duties of each. Mildred Travers inclined her head graciously and said it was an admirable arrangement and quite satisfactory to her. But Inez listened sullenly and her dark eyes glowed with resentment. You not trust me more then she added. Oh Yes, Inez. We trust you as much as ever Louise assured her Then why you hire this strange woman? She is a present to us from my uncle John who came this morning He didn't know you were here you see or he would not have brought her Inez remained unmollified Miss Travers is a very skillful baby doctor continued Louise and she can mend broken bones, cure diseases, and make the sick well. Inez nodded. I know, a witch woman, she said in a whisper. You can trust me, Senora, but you cannot trust her. No witch woman can be trusted. Louise smiled, but thought best not to argue the point farther. Inez went back to the nursery, hugging Toodlums as jealously as if she feared someone would snatch the little one from her arms. Next morning, Mildred said to Beth, in whom she confided most, The Mexican girl does not like me. She is devotedly attached to the baby and fears I will supplant her. That is true, admitted Beth, who had conceived the same idea. But you mustn't mind her, Mildred. The poor thing's only half-civilized and doesn't understand our ways very well. What do you think of little Jane? I never knew a sweeter, healthier, or more contented baby. She smiles and sleeps perpetually and seems thoroughly wholesome. Were she to remain in her present robust condition, there would be little need of my services, I assure you. But... But what? asked Beth anxiously, as the nurse hesitated. All babies have their ills, and little Jane cannot escape them. The rainy season is approaching, and dampness is trying to infants. There will be months of moisture, and then I shall be needed. Have you been in California before? asked Beth, impressed by Mildred's positive assertion. The girl hesitated a moment, looking down. I was born here, she said in low, tense tones. Indeed? 
why i thought all the white people in california came from the east i had no idea there could be such a thing as a white native mildred smiled with her lips her imperturbable eyes never smiled i am only nineteen in spite of my years of training and hard work she said a touch of bitterness in her voice my father came here nearly thirty years ago to southern california yes did you live near here then mildred looked around her i have been in this house often as a girl she said slowly senor cristoval was an acquaintance of my father beth stared at her greatly interested how strange she exclaimed you cannot be far from your own family then she added mildred shivered a little twisting her fingers nervously together she was indeed sensitive despite that calm repellent look in her eyes i hope she said evading beth's remark to be of real use to this dear baby whom i already love the mexican girl inez is well enough as a caretaker but her judgment could not be trusted in emergencies these mexicans lose their head easily and in crises are liable to do more harm than good mrs weldon's arrangement is an admirable one and i confess it relieves me of much drudgery and confinement i shall keep a watchful supervision over my charge and be prepared to meet any emergency beth was not wholly satisfied with this interview mildred had told her just enough to render her curious but had withheld any information as to how a california girl happened to be in new york working as a trained nurse she remembered the girl's fervent exclamation thank heaven when asked if she would go to southern california to a ranch called el cajon to take care of a new baby beth judged from this that mildred was eager to get back home again yet she had evaded any reference to her family or former friends and since her arrival had expressed no wish to visit them there was something strange and unaccountable about the affair and for this reason beth refrained from mentioning to her cousins that mildred travers was a californian by birth and was familiar with the scenes around el cajon ranch and even with the old house itself perhaps some day the girl would tell her more when she would be able to relate the whole story to patsy and louise of course the new arrivals were eager to inspect the orange and olive groves so on the day following that of their arrival the entire party prepared to join arthur weldon in a tramp over the three hundred acre ranch a little way back off the grounds devoted to the residence and gardens began the orange groves the dark green foliage just now hung thick with fruit some green some pale yellow and others of that deep orange hue which denotes full maturity they consider five acres of oranges a pretty fair ranch out here said the young proprietor but i have a hundred and ten acres of bearing trees it will take a good many freight cars to carry my oranges to the eastern market and what a job to pick them all exclaimed patsy we don't pick them said arthur i sell the crop on the trees and the purchaser sends a crew of men who gather the fruit in quick order they are taken to a big warehouse and sorted into sizes wrapped and packed and loaded onto cars that is a separate branch of the business with which we growers have nothing to do between the orange and the olive groves and facing a little lane they came upon a group of adobe huts a little village in itself 
many children were playing about the yards while several stalwart mexicans lounged in the shade quietly smoking their eternal cigarettes women appeared in the doorways shading their eyes with their hands as they curiously examined the approaching strangers only one man a small wiry fellow with plump brown cheeks and hair and beard of snowy whiteness detached himself from the group and advanced to meet his master removing his wide sombrero he made a sweeping bow a gesture so comical that patsy nearly laughed aloud this is miguel zaloa the ranchero who has charge of all my men said arthur then addressing the man he asked any news miguel everything all right meest weld replied the ranchero his bright eyes earnestly fixed upon his employer's face some pardon senor but miss jane is well quite well thank you miguel miss jane said the man shyly twirling his hat in his hand as he cast an upward glance at the young ladies is cherub young lady much love and beautiful is not she's a dear replied patsy with ready sympathy for the sentiment and greatly pleased to find the man so ardent an admirer of the baby everybody loves miss jane continued old miguel simply since she have come sun is more bright air is more good tamale is more sweet will inez bring miss jane to see us today miss weld perhaps so laughed arthur and then as he turned to lead them to the olive trees louise blushing prettily at the praise bestowed upon her darling pressed a piece of shining silver into old miguel's hand which he grasped with alacrity and another low bow no doubt he's right about little jane remarked the major when they had passed beyond earshot but i've a faint suspicion the old bandit praised her in order to get the money oh no cried louise he's really sincere it is quite wonderful how completely all our mexicans are wrapped up in baby if inez doesn't wheel the baby cab over to the quarters every day they come to the house in droves to inquire if miss jane is well their love for her is almost pathetic don't the fellows ever work inquired uncle john yes indeed said arthur have you any fault to find with the condition of this ranch as compared with many others it is a model of perfection at daybreak the mules are cultivating the earth round the trees when the sun gets low the irrigating begins we keep the harrows and the pumps busy every day but during the hours when the sun shines brightest the mexicans do not love to work and it is policy so long as they accomplish their tasks to allow them to choose their own hours for labor they seem a shiftless lot said the major they're as good as their average type but some old miguel for instance are better than the ordinary miguel is really a clever and industrious fellow he has lived here practically all his life and knows intimately every tree of the place did he serve the old spanish don cristoval asked beth yes and his father before him i've often wondered how old miguel is according to his own story he must be nearly a hundred but that's absurd anyhow he's a faithful capable fellow and rules the others with the rigor of an autocrat i don't know what i should do without him you seem to have purchased a lot of things with this ranch observed uncle john a capital old mansion a band of trained servants and a ghost oh yes exclaimed louise 
Major, did the ghost bother you last night? Not to my knowledge, said the old soldier. I was too tired to keep awake, you know. Therefore his ghost ship could not have disturbed me without being unusually energetic. Did you ever see the ghost, Louise? inquired Patsy. No, dear, not even heard it. But Arthur has. It's in the blue room, you know, near Arthur's study, one of the prettiest rooms in the house. That's why we gave it to the Major, added Arthur. Once or twice, when I've been sitting in the study, at about midnight, reading and smoking my pipe, I've heard some queer noises coming from the blue room, but I attribute them to rats. These old houses are full of the pests, and we can't manage to get rid of them. I imagine the walls are not all solid, explained Louise, for some of those on the outside are from six to eight feet in thickness, and it would be folly to make them of solid adobe. As for that, adobe costs nothing said arthur and it would be far cheaper to make a solid wall than a hollow one but between the blocks are a lot of spaces favoured as residences by our enemies the rats and there they are safe from our reach but the ghost demanded patsy oh the ghost exists merely in the minds of the simple mexicans over there at the quarters most of them were here when that rascally old cristoval died and no money would hire one of them to sleep in the house you see they feared and hated the old fellow who doubtless treated them cruelly that is why we had to get our house servants from a distance and even then we had some difficulty in quieting their fears when they heard the ghost tales little inez added louise is especially superstitious and i'm sure if she were not so devoted to baby she would have left us weeks ago inez told me this morning said beth that the major must be a very brave man and possessed some charm that protected him from ghosts or he would never dare sleep in the blue room i have a charm declared the major gravely and it's just common sense but now they were among the graceful broad-spreading olives at this season barren of fruit but very attractive in their gray-green foliage arthur had to explain all about olive culture to the ignorant easterners and he did this with much satisfaction because he had so recently acquired the knowledge himself I Can see said uncle John that your ranch is to be a great gamble in good years you win a Crop failure will cost you a fortune True admitted the young man, but an absolute crop failure is unknown in this section Some years are better than others, but all are good years It was quite a long tramp, but a very pleasant one and by the time they returned to the house everyone was ready for luncheon which awaited them in the shady court beside the splashing fountain patsy and beth demanded the baby so presently inez came with little jane and mildred travers followed her the two nurses did not seem on very friendly terms for the mexican girl glared fiercely at her rival and mildred returned a basilisk stare that would have confounded anyone less defiant this evident hostility amused patsy annoyed beth and worried louise but the baby was impartial from her seat on inez's lap little jane stretched out her tiny hands to mildred smiling divinely and the nurse took the child in spite of inez's weak resistance fondling the little one lovingly there was a sharp contrast between mildred's expert and adroit handling of the child and inez's tender awkwardness and this was so evident that all present noticed it 
Perhaps Inez herself felt the difference as, sullen and jealous, she eyed the other intently. Then little Jane transferred her favours to her former nurse, and held out her hands to Inez. With a cry that was half a sob, the girl caught the baby in her arms, and held it so closely that Patsy had hard work to make her give it up. By the time Uncle John had finished his lunch, both Patsy and Beth had taken turns holding the fascinating toodlums, and now the latter plunged Jane into Mr. Merrick's lap and warned him to be very careful. Uncle John was embarrassed, but greatly delighted. He cooed and clucked to the baby until it fairly laughed aloud with glee, and then he made faces until the infant became startled and regarded him with grave suspicion. "'If you've done making an old fool of yourself, sir,' said the Major severely, "'you'll oblige me by handing over my niece.' "'Your niece?' was the indignant reply. "'She's nothing of the sort. Jane is my niece.' "'No more than mine,' insisted the Major, "'and you're worrying her. "'Will you hand her over, you selfish man, "'or must I take her by force?' Uncle John reluctantly submitted to the divorce, and the Major handled the baby as if she had been glass. "'You see,' he remarked, lapsing slightly into his Irish brogue, as he was apt to do when much interested, "'I've raised a daughter myself, which John Merrick hasn't, and I know the ways of the wee women. They know very well when a friend has em, and—' "'Ouch! Let go, I say!' Little Jane had his grisly moustache fast in two chubby fists, and the Major's howls aroused peals of laughter. Uncle John nearly rolled from his chair in an ecstasy of delight, and he could have shaken Mildred Travers for releasing the grip of the baby's fingers and rescuing the Major from torture. "'Laugh, ye satyr,' growled the Major, wiping the tears from his own eyes. "'It's lucky you have no hair nor whiskers, any more in an egg, or you'll be writhing in agony before now.' He turned to look wonderingly at the crowing baby in Mildred's arms. It's a female Sandow, he averred. The grip of her hands is something marvellous. End of chapter 4